0: Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us rejoice, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, this moment in time, to pause, to feast, to fellowship with you and your word. May it speak to our minds and our hearts that we leave here differently. It is in the name of your Son, our Savior, that we pray, and together we all said, Amen. This morning, I ask that you would reflect with me and pray with me on the topic, Courage Cannot Be Quarantined. For those of you who think that soap operas or reality TV shows are a modern phenomenon, you have not read your Bible lately, and you especially have not read the book of Esther. This book, which was read for us today as part of our Old Testament reading, is full of drama, backbiting, deception, ego, power plays, political maneuvers, suspense, danger, pretty women, and powerful men and women. Esther, also known as Hadassah, was elevated because of her beauty, yet she defied the social norms that would have relegated her to being arm candy for the king, to engage her mind, her spirit, her position of privilege, and great faith to save her people when she courageously says in our reading today, if I have won your favor, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me. That is my petition. And spare the lives of my people. That is my request. As we learned earlier in the book of Esther, she defied the doubts and the disqualifiers of her past. For she was an orphan who was raised by her cousin Mordecai, and being a part of the least of these, she became queen. And not only queen, she eventually rises up in our text today for such a time as this, to be the Moses of her day, to set her people free, and to save them from mass annihilation. Esther's people are being threatened and Mordecai, her cousin, comes knocking on the door of her conscience and spirit and charges her to act in order to save her people, the Jewish people, from death. Esther takes up Mordecai's charge. She takes up his charge to be courageous. I can't help but internalize this story of Esther It speaks to my conviction of faith, which informs my sense of justice and thereby guides my understanding of service, of ministry, of leadership. When we look at the issues that are affecting our communities today in the midst of multiple pandemics, of public health crisis, the amplification of the pre-existing conditions that have plagued our most vulnerable neighbors, the continuing challenges of climate change, um, Housing affordability crises in city after city, food insecurity, lack of access to adequate education and health care, and poverty and all that that brings. Swastikas on walls in high schools today. Our Haitian brothers and sisters being treated like animals at the border of the land whose statue of liberty is inscribed with the words, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. Send these the homeless tempest taught to me. Many of our neighbors, our family members, in communities, our city, our state, nation, and world are in trouble. I know they may look differently than us. They may be from a different side of town. They may speak a different language. They may ascribe to a different faith. But guess what? Whether you like it or not, we are all connected. Mordecai says this to Esther when she initially backs up at his charge to act. And he says, hold on, Esther, I know you're in the king's palace, but do not think that you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? But perhaps you have come to royal position for such a time as this. We are all interconnected. As Dr. Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. What happens to one of us, to some of us, can happen to all of us. Ultimately, the book of Esther is a book about courage. In the Bible, courage is often referred to as good cheer or strength. The Greek word translated courage and good cheer means literally boldness and confidence. Courage often lies at the intersection between God's sovereignty and the exercising of our free will. Oftentimes, God prepares the way, provides the opportunity, but it is up to us to act, to walk in, to stand up, to speak out, to cause good trouble. As children of the living God, the all-powerful God, the all-loving God, the all-knowing God, we cannot quarantine courage. This call to courage requires us to overcome our addiction to comfort and position. We're often more wedded to our security, our positions, our bank accounts, our reputation, you know, all the things our resume says about us, than we are to our faith. The Bible reminds us that this security we have in these, these trappings of comfort are fleeting. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God shall stand forever. Beauty fades, possessions can be destroyed, and the familiar can change with a hurricane, an earthquake, fires, and even COVID. Are you courageous enough to put it all on the table, to put it all on the altar? Did it ever occur to you that God has not blessed you just so you can relish in your blessing? But perhaps God has blessed you with power, position, finances, influence, so that you can use it to bless someone else, to make a way for someone else, to change a circumstance for someone else, to repair a wrong for someone else. Esther could have rested on her laurels, on her beauty, and truly found great comfort in her queenly quarters, but instead she risked it all to save her people. She leveraged her privilege. She tithed her privilege, rather than relishing in it. She grabbed hold of her faith and put it to work through courage. This call to courage not only requires us to overcome our addiction to comfort, it requires us to stop worshiping our fear. Fear is reverent intimacy for something other than God. Basically stated, it is a worshiping of something other than God. Esther had every right to fear. She told Mordecai, don't you know, Mordecai, that if a man or a woman goes before the king without being summoned, they can be put to death. We allow our fear to stop us from living the abundant life that Christ died that we might have. We allow our fear to keep us cowering in the upper rooms of our lives rather than bravely going and seeing the resurrection of a risen Christ who rose that we might even entertain this thought about courage today. Courage and faith are connected. There is an interplay between a faith in the unseen and the inner resolve to go forward in spite of the scene. This moment of overwhelming problems in our society today calls us out of fear and cowering to stand and be who we say we are this call to courage requires us to have a prophetic imagination and determination the old testament scholar walter Brueggemann, the professor emeritus at columbia theological seminary says i think of a prophet in the old testament sense as someone that tries to articulate the world as though God were really active in the world, and to talk with confidence that God is working out an alternative world of well-being. A prophetic imagination and determination sees what we have not yet seen and makes it possible by remembering the power of a God who can do the impossible. We, the hands, the feet, the voice of God on earth, God's very ambassadors, each and every one of us must call forth God's will on earth as it is in heaven. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote boldly and courageously, we are not to simply bandage the wounds of victims beneath the wheels of injustice, no. We are to drive a spoke into the wheel itself. Courage also requires strategy. This is why I love the book of Esther. It's not just about a pretty woman. It's about a pretty, brilliant woman who strategizes all the while. She hears Mordecai's call to courage and realizes in order for that call to courage to be effectual, she must have a strategy. So she begins with the spiritual disciplines. She prays and she fasts. There's power in prayer. As my grandmother would say, prayer really changes things. So she, she leans into the spiritual disciplines and calls others to join in. She then sets the stage. She she invites the king and Haman to a banquet, but she doesn't make her request yet. After that banquet, she invites them to a second, but between the two, God moves and reveals Mordecai's loyalty to the king. So by the time we enter into the scene of the banquet in today's reading, Esther is ready. She is ready to stand and to speak up and to cause good trouble. And the king then asks, as he is softened by banquet number two, Esther, what is it That you want. And in that moment, she makes a request to save her people. She risks it all, and God meets her courage with God's faithfulness and blessed assurance. I believe that there is a call to courage being issued for God's people today. Courage is the saltiness that Mark talks about in our gospel reading today when he says, Have salt in yourselves. And be at peace with one another. We need to have courage to face ourselves in our own complicity. Courage to call out injustice. Courage to love and to love again. Courage to dream and to dream again. Courage to forgive. Courage to choose joy. Courage to hope in the face of hopelessness. Courage to get up again and again. Why? Because your integrity as a believer depends upon it. Your statement that you are a follower of God and Christ depends upon it. Esther is a witness of that courage. She rose up for such a time as this. And when she did so, her people were saved, her enemy was defeated, and celebration rose into the holiday called Purim today. She realized that ultimately the battle is not yours, that we are all a part of a bigger battle. Now we watch a battle play out weekly on a battlefield called football. I like football. I come from a football household. But my rational mind kicks in every so often when I watch a game. And I ask, What would make a person throw their bodies into that battle all for the sake of a pigskin ball? Now, my husband who's here loves football, former football player. And he's that kind of husband like, please don't ask me questions during the game. But I couldn't resist because he's a former football player. And I said, wait, okay, honey, I like football. I know the rules, I watch it, I can do all that. But I just need to know, when you played, what made you want to go out on that field, run up into a wall called an offensive line to get to a goal carrying a pigskin ball? And he said, "Well, you know my coach was awesome. He 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 would motivate us and give us the 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 will to fight this fight to win the game. He he connected to us. He cared for us. He Protected us and gave us space to make mistakes and encouraged us to get back up again We knew that he had our backs and the more that he shared the more I thought about how leadership really does matter and How analogous that story is to our God? God always has our backs God Cares for us. God protects us. God knows that courage is not natural God knows that if we were left to our own default patterns and devices, we would want to stay comfortable in the king's palace as well. But God doesn't call us to be courageous without God. In almost every incident in the Bible where God says, fear not or be of good cheer, he couples it with a command of an assurance of his presence. He says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord. Your God will be with you wherever you you go. He says to Abraham when he was yet Abram, don't fear for I am your shield. He reassures the Israelites and tells them fear not for I am the one who helps you. In the New Testament when Mary was on the brink of being married to Joseph and she was encountered by the angel Gabriel and she was afraid the coupling of that to that fear to give her courage was do not be afraid. For you are blessed and highly favored. God couples his call to courage with God's presence and strength. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Our courage is rooted and grounded in the understanding of God's sovereignty, of God's victory after victory of knowing that we serve a God who's never lost a battle with that knowledge as you now think about something in your own life and walk that you've cowered from, a conversation that you've turned from, a relationship that requires a do-over. I ask you now, think on that. As you hear this word, and are reminded that God is with you and will never forsake you. I ask you to embody this call to courage today. You don't have to tell your neighbor, but I'm going to ask you to do something courageously in this space. If there is something that you need to do this week as an act of courage, don't tell anyone else, just stand. rise. your feet. Can you engage and embody this word? Is there yet something you can do differently? Something you can do over? Something you can change about the way you speak, the assumptions you've made? As you stand, courage is welling up. As others see you stand, their courage is stirring. We can do more. We can be the change we want to see. When tragedies fall all around us, rather than saying, God, how could you let this happen? Perhaps we hear God saying, how could you let it happen? This is our call today. And because of it, our courage cannot be quarantined. Let me pray with you. God, we thank you for this call and this charge to be more courageous. Help us all to rise inside and outside for such a time as this. As we pray, we are reminded of the powerful words of Maya Angelou when she said, Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, we rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously queer, we rise. Bringing the gifts that our ancestors gave, we rise. God, couple with this charge in our lives. Be the warrior on the battlefield." And we will do our very best to lean in to this call for courage. It is in the name of one who came and courageously dwelt upon this earth, died and rose again, that we too might rise this day and from this day forward that we pray. And together we all said, Amen.